You're listening to the Inspire Excellence Podcast, recorded at the BVA headquarters with your hosts, Kevin Miller and Tommy Alquist. Each episode is focused on shedding new light on different perspectives to create dialogue that inspires excellence. And welcome to another episode of the Inspire Excellence Podcast. Tommy Alquist, Kevin Miller, Tommy, good to have you aboard once again. Kevin, it's been too long. Uh, it's good to see you again. And I understand it's been a little stressful for you last few weeks. Yes, yes. Uh, I love computers and uh, computers are great. But this podcast is about personal relationships. <laughs> You're going to deflect right away. <laughs> well, yes. I got to stay on topic. But uh, <laughs> okay, the producers are, you know, they, somebody has to be focused. Here, okay. So. All right. Yes. All right. Well, I've missed you. Well, I missed you, sir. So it's good to, good to be with you again. And we have a great guest today. Uh, a, a young man that many people in Idaho love, honor, and respect. And I have to say this, that I was a, a, a stalker of this young man for many, many years in a good way. And I was, uh, I, I'm so blessed that we have him on today. We're so blessed. This guy has inspired millions. Yeah. You know, uh, all our listeners out there, you're in for a treat today. I've known a lot of people in my life, and uh, I don't think I've ever known anyone quite like my good friend, Troy McLean, who's here with us. And it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's an infectious personality when you meet him. And uh, I would just say, listeners, beware, because you're going to hear a guy that's authentic and genuine from the time he wakes up till the time he goes to bed every day and he cares about people. So, Troy, welcome. It's hey, been, we've, been, we've been wanting to get you on for a while, but it's going to be fun. Hey, thank you very much. And first and foremost, I want to say, Kevin, uh, not only have you inspired, uplifted and served this community, you've served our country well. You represent awesome conservative values. And Tommy, what you're doing uh, is absolutely amazing. You are bringing progression with collaborative community to the state of Idaho. So I'm absolutely excited to be on the show. Well, I thought we'd start with, uh, so Troy and I did a little duck hunting this, this, this uh, winter and there were a lot of great times, but one morning we were out and we were sitting in a blind. You tell the story. Oh man, come on, Tommy, why do you put me on the spot? So it was actually Afghana goose is what it felt like. It was, Tommy has got this secret, secret spot for shooting ducks and geese. Now you got to know the way that I grew up. I tell everybody, I tease everybody, I got my PhD. I was poor, hungry, and driven. Mm -hmm. And so I'm used to jumping ponds. I'm used to, uh, you know, just squatting on a little piece of property. But when you roll with T-Dog over here. T-Dog. Yeah, you roll. So he's like, no, I got this secret spot. I kid you not. It's this underground tunnel in this middle of this perfect field. You I've invited you, Kevin. <laughs> Will you I, come now? No, I'm just a wimp. I'm sorry. I, Kevin. I got to live through you and Troy here. It, no, there's no wimpified here. Like this thing is amazing. I swear to God, next year, there'll be a cafe machine in that thing. <laughs> it was incredible. So we get there and he's like, hey, Troy, here's what happens when the blinds rush open. You know, you pull your gun out and you go to shoot. And I'm like, okay, I'm used to hitting two, three ducks. You're pretty awesome. You think you're cool and you hunt for four hours. Hunting started at 748 and by 801, here's what happens. It felt like the bow and arrows from the movie 300, right. where it just blocked out the sun. Like all of a sudden you hear this. It, uh, and then this wave of geese come because they're so attracted to BVA. I don't understand. <laughs> right. This wave of geese come. Right. We threw up in the blinds and all of a sudden, bop, 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 bop. And it was Afghan goose. It was total Afghan goose. I hear this, stop. 
stop. I literally felt guilty. I felt guilty. You look down and everything is just gone. I'm like, I, I think we've hit our limit. We started at 746 by 748. It was done. We're over. No, we had a good morning, didn't we? <laughs> we did have we a, a good, good morning. Well, Troy, thanks for being here today. We, uh, again, it's been an uh, absolute pleasure of mine getting to know you really well. Yeah. I want to get into a little bit with you today. And I know you got the personality. You've been on Kevin's show a bunch. People know you from The Apprentice, first season. Yeah. We're very, very famous nationally and here in Idaho. But there's the guy behind the guy. And that guy is a super caring guy that gives back. Uh, honestly, your, your full-time job is giving back. And then on the side, you have a lot of businesses make money. And we'll get into that too. But uh, tell us a little bit about you growing up, a little bit about your history, background, and why you are so driven to, to help others. Yeah, thanks, Tommy. And that's a, uh, see, now you break all the fun and we have to talk the serious stuff. Uh, no, I, I sincerely believe the best way to get ahead is to give back. My, my lifestyle and my background my mom's a three-time recovering drug addict off of hard drugs. My kid sister is profoundly deaf and developmentally delayed. And we, we grew up on the, uh, on the other side of the tracks. But it was the mental attitude and the mental mindset that my mama gave us. Uh, so when my mom, we would get evicted out of a house. And my mom would say, congratulations, we're upgrading houses. It was never we were getting evicted. When we'd fail at something, when we'd fall down in our lives, my mom would say, we're just in between success cycles, man. We're just in between success cycles. And once we find that track, man, we're really going to hit it. Uh, she'd tell me that success is simple, but it ain't easy. And just like tracking, uh, I grew up hunting. And so tracking the mountain lions and working our dogs, man, we can follow those tracks to success. But sometimes they were in eight foot of snow. Sometimes they were through creek beds. And having that mental attitude uh, of understanding that. And then the other thing my mom would teach us is you have to look beyond the obvious. You have to see things, not the value in the pocketbook, but the value in the heart. And, and how do we extrapolate uh, that greatness within others? And so, yeah, giving back is a big thing because somebody gave back to us and somebody gave us a chance. Uh, and we were able to discover what it's like to be on the giving end of giving versus the receiving end. I'm going to have one more question. Then I'll let you ask one, but, um, you do something every year that I, you don't talk about. Yeah. I've never seen any publicity on, but honestly, the first time you told me, <clears throat> it choked me up when I heard what you do. T tell, tell us a little bit about your cruise. And I, and I yeah. you know you don't want to talk about it, oh, but can you just tell us a little bit about why and how and, and the difference you make there? Yeah, 11 years ago, I got uh, my kid's sister. Uh, I took over uh, guardianship of my kid's sister in 98. And my kid's sister, man, she's, a, she's an angel on earth. Uh, and I'll do for loyalty what Stonehenge does for rocks for that little girl. I mean, she's absolutely <laughs> awesome, but she's special needs. And when you're special needs, you, you tend to want things that other people have. Well, she wanted friendships. She wanted relationships. And those are hard. Those are hard to, to find those. And so uh, her big brother was just going to go out and, and, and find a way for her to make more friends. And we discovered this thing in Florida called the Buddy Cruise, where it takes special needs children and their families on a cruise of a lifetime every year. The first year I went on it, there were six families and there were six families, which means there was about six kids. And I thought it was amazing. It, it wasn't my cause, but it was the cause. And I thought, man, we got to get my sister more friends because <laughs> my sister just had such an incredible time. So for the last 11 years, the McLean Family Foundation has been helping sponsoring and 
uh, and bringing uh, children with special needs on a cruise of a lifetime. Last year, 600, mm. 600 families. So pretty big. Well, you're pretty big. You oh, know, thanks. You share that story with the, the people here, Troy. You share it with Tommy. And, you know, as I first came to know you, I was a fan of yours from season one of The Apprentice. And your story of survival, of success, uh, sharing your story of your, your little sister, and your optimism. And I know you've shared that, but uh, you face some incredible odds. What would you say to people that are listening right now for some inspiration as far as overcoming things? I mean, you've gone against the best of the best, the <clears throat> leader of the free world who yeah. loves you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. What I'd say to anyone is you got two ears, one mouth, use them accordingly and listen more than you, than you talk. And in order to be a great leader, you have to subscribe to being an awesome follower first. And I would say start to follow those who have been where you are and are where you want to go. That's the definition of who you listen to. Listen to those who have been where you are and are where you want to go. If they haven't been where you are, doesn't mean you don't listen to them, but it means they only have half the equation. And if they're not where you want to go, but they've been where you are, they only have half the equation. Guys like you, guys like Tommy, you all have been where I am and you are where I want to go in faith, family, finance, spirituality, in the ability to influence, to make a positive impact on somebody's lives. And so that would be the best advice I would say before you can lead, love to follow. You have two ears, one mouth, use them accordingly. And then who do you listen to? Define that by you listen to those who have been where you are and are where you want to go. And from that, man, success is simple. It ain't easy, but it's simple. Sure. So, um, Troy, I'm, try, I'm just sitting here thinking of all the things I want to ask you today. And I'm, I'm, I know we've got this 45 minutes, so I'm going to try to make sure I get to a, a few things that are really important to me because I, I, I honestly have, have been around so few people like you that, that just have a motor and a nose for success and you know how to get there. And it's, it's just so instinctual. It's so, so there's a couple stories you've told me that have just, I, I, I feel like just honored that I got close enough to understand how this went. So everyone knows the story of the apprentice and then they know the story since then. So you've, you've had multiple successes in business. And when people look at you from the outside, you're like, man, what makes this guy tick? And then you get around you for five minutes and it's like, okay, there's a motor here. This guy's driven and he, he's a relationship guy and he gets, he, he knows how to read situations and you got a nose for business. But the story you told me, I don't know if we were in a duck blind or at a game <laughs> about when you were able to get, because when you got on the, when you got on the apprentice, yeah. this huge number of people get narrowed down to very few. And there was an interview, I think it was in yep. Seattle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was in Seattle <clears throat> because I think that one little story tells people of how you think out the box to make things happen in your life. And sometimes you do stuff that's a little bit crazy to get there. Cause I, the, the, the selection process to get you on the show came down to this moment and tell yeah. that story for us because <laughs> I love it. And I think it, I think it'll help people understand just, just how, how driven you are. So yeah, what you're talking about is when we got down to the final selection of the apprentice and I'll lead with this, that with hundred percent belief, the facts simply don't matter. They don't. And so you got to believe, you got to believe in your team. You got to believe in yourself and you, you got to be imprisoned with hope 
because when you're imprisoned with hope, uh, the big man upstairs, what he's going to do is give you the keys to get out through success. And so when the apprentice had hit, there was 215,000 uh, applications that had got set in. There was 50,000 that had gotten selected and then it got down to 16,000 and then it got down to 250 of us. When it got down to 250 of us, I had to fly to Seattle, Washington, because they want to interview you live. They said, hey, we, the closest uh, demograph that we have is in Seattle, Washington. And I started thinking, man, they're going to they're gonna roll heavy in there. And I don't know why I thought this. I just knew that they're going to interview in a, in a hotel suite. So at that time, I'm living in a 913 square foot house, two bedroom, one bath that we converted the garage so that my brother-in-law could live with us. My wife had just got us a credit card. And I said, honey, I know this ain't going to make sense, but I'm going to call that hotel that they told me to go to and I'm going to book all the other suites because I know they only got one. And so we put $3,000 on a credit card that we couldn't afford to pay back. And I just knew how they're going to do these interviews is going to be some hotel suite. And so sure enough, I booked all the remaining hotel suites in this hotel for one day. We drive to Seattle. We pack all of our food because I knew we couldn't afford to stop at Mickey D's. I was like, man, I just pack all the food, but I, I got 100% belief. So sure enough, get to the hotel. There's a ton of people down in the lobby waiting to be interviewed. One by one, these production assistants would come down and pick you up. And then they'd swipe their key through to get you up to the special room, right? And so I go there, got my flip phone. I go, hey, um... I need to get my hotel rooms. And they're like, hey, you got three suites? I go, yes, I do. And I go, okay. I get into the elevator and the lady goes, oh, I'm going to have to swipe my key, the production assistant. Uh, and I go, oh, me too. I'm going to the suites. So I watched what suite she went into and I thought, okay, the one right next to it is the one I'm going to go to. So I owned all the other suites for that night at 3000 bucks that I didn't have. So when they called me and said, we'll have to come, are you in the hotel? And I said, yes, I am. And they said, well, we'll come down and get you because we have to bring you up to the suite. And I go, oh, what suite number are you? She said, 312. I said, God, I'm 314. I just knocked on the wall. She goes, you were the guy in the hotel? And I go, yeah, we just do this. It's the way we travel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I walked out that day. Uh, I told my wife, I, my, I just told my bride, I said, I got it. I just got the gig. She goes, how do you know? And I go, because I'm better than all the rest. I'm willing to put it on the line. And that's what you got to do in life, Tommy. You just got to put it on the line. Wow. <laughs> I take it you know how to interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turned out good. All right. You know, Troy, um, it never gets tired hearing about you and Donald Trump. And it wasn't just that first season of The Apprentice. Has he continued to be a mentor and you've grown into a friendship. How how has that developed? Because I'm sure that's what people say. But for people that are just hearing this for the first time on the podcast, uh, Donald Trump, we hear and read and see yeah. about him, but you've got the inside. Yeah. First, I'm going to tell everybody I'm unapologetic when I tell people I'm Christian. Uh, and if you don't like it, no problem. I, I love you for who you are, but but don't judge me for who I am. The big man upstairs is my God. He is my creator. He is my heavenly father. And I'm also unapologetic and I'll stand hard when I say the United States of America is the greatest country on God's green earth. And if you don't like it so much, man, just go live somewhere else. We give you the right to complain. We give you the right to share your opinion. And I support that right. And so when Mr. Trump went from Mr. Trump to President Trump, of course, I continue.
continue to support him. Of course, I continue to uh, encourage and inspire and be behind his policy and what he's saying. Do I agree with everything that anyone says? No, not all the time. But I 100% back my president, the United States of America. Uh, in fact, I got flown uh, to the White House on December 12th of 2017. And that's where the hubbub had kind of hit as well. You know about that. And so, yeah, I, I, I continue to encourage and I continue to support him. And, and we do continue to stay in contact, whether it's through Katrina McPherson or whether it's through other surrogates. Uh, obviously, he's a very busy man. Uh, but I will say this, whether it's the right or left wing uh, we're all flying in the same airplane. So let's hope the captain does it right. Let's not try to get him to crash it, right? No, I mm. would agree with you wholeheartedly, but it's just, uh, and maybe I'm just a Troy McLean fan, but uh, I go back to so many years ago, you know, dude, okay, come on, Kevin Miller, get on with it. But I, the the warmth <laughs> that you had, and you're that way with everyone, but he's not that way with everyone, sir. Yeah, he's not. You know, I, I'll describe it this way. There was years earlier that my sister had to have an emergency brain surgery. She had a tumor. Um, she ended up having shunts. Uh, long story short, she had to have emergency brain surgery. And we'd met with a doctor, Dr. Damacus, and Dr. Damacus had to do the emergency brain surgery. And at that time, we were very upset because we were asking questions to the doctor during this. Uh, he, he'd come out and we're like, well, what about this? What about this? And he came off very rude. He said, listen, here's the deal. I can sit here and answer your guys' questions and then let your sister die. Or I can go in there and do surgery and get it done. What do you want? At that moment of time, in that unit of time, we were very upset. But today, my sister's 37 years old, and that surgery was when she was 14. I described Mr. Trump in that same type of frame. He may not have that, that polish to him, but he's doing surgery. He's doing surgery on the country, uh, and he's doing surgery on the nation, and he's making it better. If we don't like his bedside manner, I, I respect that you don't like it, but you better respect that he's getting the job done. Sure. Can you tell us just before we get off uh, President Trump, I know you spent a lot of time with him. Tell us a little bit more about that season. And I know I know yeah. the connection that he had with you, uh, the care he gave for you. I think it's nice for people. because I, I got to tell you, until I was able to go meet Don Jr. and spend yeah. some time with the, I get a different impression once you're able to meet the people. Tell us a little bit about what he means to you personally and to your family. Yeah. You, you know, like you, Tommy, you got to meet him. Uh, from a, a different perspective. You got to meet his son. You got to meet yeah. his administration. And so we see the public persona and then we get behind the scenes with him. For me, you got to know that my senior yearbook quote in 1989 said, Donald Trump, I'm coming. Uh, and at that time, uh, I'd been evicted out of one, two, three, almost seven houses. Uh, we'd went to seven different high schools. My mom was moving us around from house to house, home to home, job to job. And my mom had finally just said, Son, you got to set a goal and you got to aim for the sky. And if you aim for the sky and you hit a skyscraper, well, gosh darn it, you're still doing good. But I need you to aim somewhere and you got to over adjust that. So my mom bought me the book, Donald Trump, The Art of the Deal. Uh, and if, if she'd have bought me another book, great, it'd have been somebody else. But it happened to be that book. And I wrote in my senior year book, quote, Donald Trump, I'm coming. And I mailed that to him. So what was it like to meet him? Well, it was everything because I had set my GPS. I had set my GPS towards real estate. I'd set my GPS towards the negotiations. And it's not that I knew who he was personally. I knew the persona of him. And so then in 2003, to get the opportunity to not only meet him, but to engage in a friendship and engage in uh, private talks, politi uh, political talks, 
it was absolutely wonderful to watch his growth in our nation and to watch how he continues to battle and fight has been endearing. And so it means everything to me. It means the fact that I get to say I sat at that table. But I, I will say this honestly and with all due respect and full sincerity, it's I get to sit at your table because of that. I get to sit at your table because of that. And what I've discovered is that there is like-mindedness amongst great men. And that like-mindedness amongst great men is is valued through the connections of other great men. And we know each other from a life before and a life now without having the amount of time to establish that relationship. Because we just hit it off like that. Kevin, we just hit it off like that. And it was the same with Trump. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to shift a little bit. There's a lot to talk about with you. So um, you come off The Apprentice, you have all these opportunities. And, and we could spend hours talking about the business successes you've had, the money you've made. I love the whole PhD, poor, hungry, and <laughs> driven, driven. Yeah. And then the, the MBA. MBA, massive bank account. <laughs> so, so there's the stories behind developing the massive bank account after The Apprentice. Um, but you also were a motivational speaker. And I don't know that people know yeah. this, but probably one of the most prolific national speakers on the circuit Yeah. with the Tony Robbins of the world where you would go everywhere yeah. teaching people how to be inspired, how to set goals in their life, how to aim for the aim for the sky like you just talked about. So so tell us a little bit. We got a lot of listeners out there. A lot of feedback I get. I don't know about you Kevin. I say I love listening because I always learn something, but I always feel motivated in my own personal life. So that segment of your life, what 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 was that like meeting people along the circuit that were coming to you to get advice about their life? And tell us a little bit about that, the, the responsibility and the, and the satisfaction. Yeah, thanks, uh, Tommy, for that question. And I, as a matter of fact, that is my calling. Uh, first of all, I believe in philanthropy in its purest forms. And everybody thinks that philanthropy means bringing money out of your pocket. If you look up the definition of philanthropy, it's the love of mankind. That's what it is. The root word is the love of mankind. And I love to see other people succeed. And so the best way to get ahead is to give back. The best way to get back for me is to share my stories, is to share the training tracks and to share the testament uh, that I went through, through adversity and uh, going towards uh, being able to be an evangelist for innovators, an evangelist for entrepreneurs and an evangelist for those who wanna do right by others. Uh, and so to get on the motivational circuit, uh, for me, I guess was, I don't wanna say easy because it just came to me because of these conversations. And so next thing I know, I've got people like Mark Victor Hansen, uh, Tony Robbins. I got people like Brian Tracy, uh, all Al Williams, uh, all these people reaching out go, man, I love that story. How come you're not speaking? I, was like, I, I don't know. How come y'all ain't never asked me? <laughs> like, let's go. So I ended up touring the, the world. I've been to China, I've been to Australia, I've been to France, uh, Dubai, Indonesia, all over the world sharing kind of, here's how you do it. What I discovered is there's more people out there like us that want to discover their greatness and want to activate their knowledge. They just don't have the answer to the Rubik's cubes. The biggest thing that I'll share is we need to stop searching for answers. All of us need to stop searching for answers. We need to start training for the truth. And there's a big difference in that. And when we start training for the truth, 
we start finding the tracks to success. And so what was it like to be able to inspire, uplift, and serve? Well, it's everything. It's my calling. What was that first speech like? All of a sudden, here you are, Troy McLean. You're rolling and you're, most people have a, a fear of public speaking. I don't think that you do, but I mean, <laughs> you're in front of like a thousand people, 1500 people, 5,000 people, and there's no music. There's no anything else. It's just you. Yeah. Uh, I actually do. It's interesting. I get post-mortem fear. So after the stage, I always like, oh my gosh, I forgot to say this. I didn't say this. I should have said that. And so I, I kind of get the post jitters, but I, I really believe that it's Heavenly Father, that, uh, and it's the God as I know him. So I'm not preaching to anyone. Uh, here's what I'll say is you've, if you live your life without ego, Kevin, my definition of ego is exiting God out. Mm. If you exit God out, well, then all of a sudden you're going to have these emotions. You're going to have these, uh, this mindset of, of scarcity, this mindset of fear. And again, I ain't preaching to anybody. It's the God as you know him. But when you have professionalism without ego, when you have leadership without ego, well, then you get on that stage because you know, it wasn't your choice. It was his decision. And you know that it's not yours to question. It's yours to call. And so you get up on that stage and I didn't have a routine. I've never written a script. I ain't never written uh, a story down. I just get up and share the moment. People who used to ask me, hey, send in your speech. What's about? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll know when I get there. The big man will tell me. Uh, right. And you got to have that. Uh, again, you got to have that faith. And so uh, there are some natural nerves. Uh, but when we start looking up at the supernatural, we go, man, god has got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on, I, oh, here, you're gonna love this one. You know, our our friend here, Tommy, he uh, jumped into the arena, the political arena. Maybe Tommy'd like to give you some advice about. Uh, maybe you'd like to go into politics. <laughs> he sh he should have jumped. He should have jumped in instead of me. I'll tell you, Troy came on the uh, campaign trail with me a little bit, uh -huh. and, and I got it. We were up in North Idaho, and and up in North Idaho, sometimes those were tough crowds for me. And uh, I remember one specifically. I think we we're in Priest River. <laughs> And we're at uh, an event there, uh, and and Troy got up and spoke. And when he sat down, it was just too late for me to get out. But I should have just turned it over at that time. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, he's got a skill set to connect. And and yeah, is there a future in politics for you? Because you're good at it, and you connect with people, and people follow you. And and boy, you you should have done it instead of me. Tommy, I'm going to learn from you to stay out of that mess. <laughs> I've been approached a few times by the RGA. I just recently got asked, uh, and it's, it's not happening. This is not happening. Uh, there was a few people that reached out to me because we heard that Tammy uh, is not going to be yeah. running for mayor. And Meridian, and I, they're like, Troy, you should do that. And I said, no, we should support whoever Tammy, Tammy puts, her, uh, puts her support behind. Here's what I think that, uh, first of all, uh, I'm so glad that you didn't win. Uh, and I'll share this with you why. Uh, I'm so glad that Tommy didn't win because I'll say this, winning is for losers. He may have lost the coveted position, but he won the hearts and minds of Idaho. And what he's doing by supporting the conservative values through BVA, but bringing collaborative communities and bringing progression through innovation to our state is what we need. And you would have been hamstringed. Uh, in, in that position. And so while I'm a hustler and while I'm a grinder and man, I'm a competitor, man, I'm so glad that you didn't get that job. Yeah. You and Shanna both. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm going to ask you a question um, that I'm going to get a little personal. I bet it's one you don't get asked very often. 
Uh, you ready? I'm ready, Tommy. <laughs> so, so you're around Troy for five minutes, and I think listen to this podcast, even if you haven't heard him before, big personality, big heart, um, unapologetically conservative. You talk about God. You inspire people. Literally, every time I'm with you, I go home, one, I've laughed, I've laughed so hard I can't breathe anymore, and I feel good. I feel motivated. You're just this big personality. So when I met your wife for the first time, I couldn't wait. I thought, what, who's this woman that can, you know, keep up with and put up with? Sure. Yeah. Troy McLean. She's unbelievable. Yeah. And you're a different guy when you're around her. This big personality, she, she, drives, the, she drives the bus in your house uh, and you answer to her. And it's the strangest thing because you go from, <laughs> you're surprised, right, Kevin? I mean, I was, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm, shocked. I'm thinking, who's this guy? Right. It's not, this isn't the Troy I know. Tell me a little bit about your relationship yeah. with her, your love for her. Yeah. And just a little, and I know you don't yeah. go there for me. Listen, I wear the pants in the family. She, yeah, you just, she just tells me. What, she, I do. I wear the pants. She just picks them out and tells me which ones to wear. <laughs> no, my, my beautiful bride of 17 years is absolutely incredible. Uh, she really picked me up when I was down. At that time, my mom was in between success cycles through her addiction. I just moved to Boise, Idaho uh, because of my kid sis looking for uh, the proper schooling. She hadn't been to school in several months. And so we were really in between those success cycles. And I, I started looking at my life like here I am. I'm the single guy with lack of a better terms, which I considered baggage because uh, I had just taken over from my sister. I'm hustling for a job. I'm trying to figure out what to do. And I wanted to point the finger at somebody and I wanted to say, hey, it's got to be somebody's this. It's got to be somebody's that. But again, just this calling in my head, uh, how I met. Crystal, in all truthfulness, uh, I got a job at a bank, which is a different story. I hustled to get that job because they paid medical insurance. And I just put my sister on my medical plan. Uh, and she come walking in and I just, something told me and never done it before. Obviously never done it again. And I see this beautiful angel on earth walk in and I walk up to her and I said, you got a boyfriend? And she says, I do. And I said, well, he didn't put a ring on your finger. And she goes, no. And I said, I'm going to marry you. Uh, and I told her that the first day and after she laughed and giggled at me a little bit, uh, about four months later, I ended up, uh, 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 hooking up with my beautiful bride to be. And, uh, and then I got scared and I told her, I said, listen, I got to apologize to you. Maybe this relationship needs to stop. And she says, why? I said, because I got to explain that I really don't have much. And I got my kid sis and she's a little bit of a baggage, you know, cause you didn't think you were going to come into a relationship like this. And this is when I knew that I loved the heck out of her. And I loved her from the moment God told me. Uh, but she said, baggage. She goes, that's a beautiful present. And I knew, uh, man, that, that was it. And so she's been my rock. Uh, she's been my loyalty. Total opposite of me, though. Total opposite of me. She's redneck tough. She's redneck tough. <laughs> Troy, you uh, bring a smile to so many folks. And if we could take some time to go back to the special needs community, the developmentally disabled community. Uh, you know, you, you get more, you, you get, when you give, you get so much back more. For people that aren't familiar with that, what would you say to encourage more volunteerism, uh, more interaction, more donations? Yeah, here, here's what I tell anyone. What I want you to do is do something different. I don't want you to listen to this podcast. I want you to hear it. When you hear Kevin speak, when you hear Tommy speak, when you hear guests on the show like myself, don't listen with your ears. 
hear with your heart. And so when you hear me say the best way to get ahead is to give back, I'm not talking about cash. I'm not talking about time. I'm not talking about one single thing. I'm talking about everything. If you have the cash, give the cash. If you have a smile, give a smile. If you have time in your day, give that time. And it only takes 1%. Everybody talks about being a one percenter. I want to be a one percenter. You know what you can do? You can literally be a one percenter today. Give 1% of your time, your effort, your energy. Give 1% of your love to somebody who out there that needs it. If you do that today, you become a one percenter. Simple math says you do it for 365 days a year. You're 365% better than what you were. Now, there was a guy named Einstein that discovered a thing called compounding interest. And we know it gets even bigger over time. So what I would say to those that are trying to get ahead Start giving back, whether it's the special needs community, whether it's Dress for Success, whether it's Roscoe at the Mission, whether it's men and women of the military. And think about Filippio. Think about philanthropy. Philanthropy does not mean cash. It means the love of mankind. And that's what you guys are doing on this podcast. You're sharing the love of mankind for those that are hearing, not listening. Oh, you're right. He's a tough act to follow. We should just stop. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I hate to even ask another question after that. I, 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 I can't wait to listen to that again. Thank you, Troy. Um, I, I do. I'm going to ask one more though, uh, because I do think there are a lot of business people out there listening to this. And even though times are really good right now, uh, I've, I've in the last week had a couple of people call me and say, Hey, how are you doing? I see you're very busy. I'm struggling. Yeah. It's tough right now. And, and, and so in good times when you're struggling, I think they're tuning in. They're listening to, to business mm-hmm. leaders uh, that are successful. I know you have a, a company right now that's new that is on fire. I would love you to tell us a little bit about the company. But in the context of, hey, it, it's, it's another. What I love about you is you stop, you know, you sell one. And you go right into the next thing. You're just driven. So tell us about your new company, what you're up to. And then in that context, maybe give a little advice to those people listening out there that are starting or running a business. Yeah, Tommy, actually, I was talking to, I'm trying to solicit uh, this young man, Matt, to move to <laughs> Idaho, uh, who runs these podcasts, because I'm telling him the greatness is within him. And if you can give me some help with that, maybe we can get him. <laughs> I, I hear I hear he has a wife that might be the daughter of one of the co-hosts. I've heard this. Who would also contribute to the move back to Idaho so he could bring that daughter back home. This would be so awesome. <laughs> if we can do this right now for TBR. Who, Let's cut the deal on the podcast that he gets my daughter back to Idaho. I swear to listen, dude, listen, I got some gigs for you. We'll work on it. You want me to stop? I'll put you on the spot. I'm sorry. Okay. So Tommy, here's honest advice. Here's what really, and I appreciate the question because a lot of people think that success equals stability and success doesn't equal stability. When you come from adversity, when you come from the addiction of the grind, you really are attracted to a little bit of that chaos. You're attracted to a little bit of that stress. And so survival, if you think of survival at the bottom, I was very successful at survival. When I started going upwards, when I started going up towards success, I didn't know what success was and I didn't know how to handle it. So I turned back down towards survival because that's where I was comfortable. So in everything I do in my life, I get a little bit ahead of my skis. I really do. I get a little bit ahead of my skis. I get, I, I, I stumble a little bit with my feet, not fully underneath me, probably because subconsciously th- there's a comfort there. There's a comfort in that chaos. I wouldn't recommend everyone do that. But I probably don't know how to handle 
stability. I probably don't know how to handle uh, just like, oh, it's total contentment. Uh, Kevin, you put yourself in situations all the time that put you a little bit outside of the mainstream, a little bit on the opinionated side. And there's a part of you that does that because that's your calling, Tommy. There's a part of you that does that because that's your calling. But I believe, honestly, sincerity, with all sincerity, that entrepreneurs like us also do that because there's a subconscious thing in our head that says, I have to have a little bit of chaos. I just have to so that I can solve it because we're, we're solvers, we're problem solvers. What I did with Tavuti, and Tavuti is the name of our company. A lot of people go, Tavuti, what? Tavuti is Swahili. And the word Swahili, it means center, it means core, loosely translated into website. And so Swahili is the center and the core. I learned when I was on The Apprentice, I got fired for lack of education. I learned with my kid's sister that because of her special needs, there wasn't a quality education for her to truly advance. And so then I asked myself, what is the answer to everything? The answer to everything is no matter the issue, Education is the answer. No matter the issue, education is the answer. So how do I distribute education? Well, we do it through an online social community called Tavuti. And Tavuti delivers your organization's education with our collective innovation. And that's a startup. It's a startup that is a cause-driven culture company, not a technology company. I'll argue with anyone that says it's tech. It's tech. I'll tell you right now, BVA is not a development company. I've been here enough times. BVA is not a development company. BVA is a superior culture company that happens to have an awesome product in development. That's what it is. Are we ready for the big question? Our offsite producer there. Is, is the big question when Matthew's moving back? Or yes, exactly. Matthew, <laughs> I want you to come over here for a second. Just come sit on my lap. No, just seriously, come over here. Matthew, it's on TV. Just come over here. Well, Matty, Matty, come here. Matt, 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 I'm inviting Matt. Is it okay, co-host, host? It's, it's gone off the rails. Matty, it's gone off just, the rails. No, no, no. Dude, enjoy the man love. Let's go. So enjoy this, the man love. This, yes. is, this is Matt, and I just want to tell you that he, edited out. he is probably right. one of the best producers, writers, and social content creators there is. Matt, I would like to offer you a full-time <laughs> partnership position. I would like to have you come to Boise, Idaho. And what I want you to do is I want you to partner with me and Tommy. We need content produced for clients, and we need your superiority in this amazing culture. Will you accept? Anything for you. We'll figure it out. Okay. That's not a no. <laughs> that wasn't a no. That's not, that's not a no. Tommy, I'm, I'm working hard for you, bro. Working hard for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I derailed. The one, the only, Troy McLean. What inspires you? What inspires me? You know what inspires me is to see authentic greatness come to life with the the core values of family, faith, and, and financial freedom. Uh, you inspire me, sincerely. Y you do. Uh, Tommy inspires me. And it inspires me because we have to have those mile markers in front of us. I'll, I'll leave you guys with this. In our lives, we have to have the rules of thirds. And I learned this from a great man. And the rules of thirds is one third of your life, you need to have your network be the same as you just about the same. So I'll put it in terms of weightlifting. Let's say that you're working out at the gym and somebody benches 200 pounds and they bench 205. They're just about with you. So they drive you, they push you. The other third of your life needs to be ahead of you. They need to be ahead of you because they're the beacon, they're the pathfinders, they're the light. 
But then the other third of your life needs to be people that you're mentoring, that you're giving back to. And if you look at that as a balanced scale, and those that can't see this, they can feel this. If I have too many people that are so far ahead of me, I'm always feeling like I'm never going to catch them. I'm never going to catch them. If I have too many people that I'm always mentoring and just feeling my own ego, then I'm never getting ahead. I'm just pulling myself down to the to their level of their unit of time. And then if I don't have anybody that's striving me and driving me in faith, family, financial health, wealth, and happiness, then I get a sag and I get this sag. We have to have that perfect balance. What I feel is the big thing that, uh, that inspires me is those that recognize they are perfectly imperfect and they're still striving to be great. Still striving to be great. Troy, I can't thank you enough. This has been fantastic. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your friendship. It means the world to me. And, and uh, I hope that everyone that listened to this today listens a couple of times. There's a lot of, a lot of words of wisdom there from a guy who's done it and gives back. So thank you. Love you, brother. Perfect. Love you guys. Thank you, Kev. Outstanding job. You're listening. Well, I, I, can't, I, I can't even say the Inspire Excellence podcast. Troy McLean. <laughs> Speechless. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You've been listening to the Inspire Excellence Podcast. We invite you to find something that inspires you this week. Join us again for our next episode.